just a second. But normally we do like a little introduction, something, another. So today I was actually thinking about what's different introductions. This song kept playing in my head and kept playing in my head. So instead of doing an introduction, I just thought we'd play this song. So if you haven't heard this song before, listen to the words. It's pretty powerful. If you have heard the song, I hope you enjoy it. It kind of takes you down, back down memory lane to some, uh, some times you might have had a few years ago. So go ahead, Kyle. We're just going to play about two minutes. I'll tell you when to stop it. recognize that song? Do you recognize it? Can you hold your hand up for a second? I'm just curious like how, because that, that was, you guys remember when that came out? No? So it's Stephen Curtis Chapman. 18. <laughs> Come on now, Ross. 18, man. I feel so far from everybody. Here, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow this stand a little closer. Um, so it's a beautiful song that talks about adventure. And I have a question. Do you guys like adventure? Does anybody here like oh, an adventure? Yeah. yeah, I mean, adventures are awesome, right? So what I, when, when I was thinking about this message, I realized, I'm like, man, we're kind of on a bit of an adventure together. And it's a good adventure. It's not a bad adventure. It's an awesome adventure. adventure. Um, as most of you know, the Flins have moved to North Carolina. We just got a message from them that their first week there was really, uh, went really well. They got to spend some time with Wes's uh, mother and stepfather and said it was a really sweet time, said they're doing good. So um, let's pass that word on to you guys. So love, love and uh, good wishes come from the Flynn's. Um, but um, when Wes announced his retirement, or his, retirement, his, his uh, returning to North Carolina back in December-ish, all of a sudden a lot of us kind of started praying and saying, okay, Lord, 
you know, what does that mean for Alamosone as the body of Christ? Like, what, where are we going? What, what's going to happen after this? Um, so as you guys know, um, a few things, we all started praying and started kind of looking at different things. Um, I was asked to step back in as an elder, and we started praying about different options. Um, as a church, we started praying about the possibility of trying to maybe merge with another church. We started looking at what it would look like to try to find another pastor, maybe a full-time pastor or maybe a bivocational pastor. Um, we also talked about another option, which was basically the elders and other leaders at Alamo Stone kind of stepping up to take, uh, to take on the responsibilities uh, where Wes had been serving the church. And so after a time of prayer, and we considered a lot of different options, the elders felt that it was basically time for the for, for the, the leadership of Alamo Stone to kind of step up and to help take on the, the responsibilities where Wes had been serving. And Wes did a great job. He served here for seven years, preaching, discipling the body of Christ, and really had a huge influence on all of our lives. And I think we can all look back at that, those, those seven years with just great fondness. True? How old were you seven years ago? You were one. Seven years ago, True was one year old. So we all have just beautiful memories of that time uh, when the Flynn family was here with us. So, um, Wes preached his last sermon in May, um, and Alamo Stone started this transition. I think it's safe to say that we're kind of on an adventure together, and I'm super excited to be on this adventure with all of you guys. And to see, I, I really look forward to seeing where God is going to lead us as a family, as a body of Christ, in the weeks, months, and years to come. Because I think this next season we're going into is going to be wonderful, just like the seasons that, that the Lord has brought us through in the past. Um, so, along with the, um, so uh, the elders have been talking about, like, this next season, and um, one of the things it's important to talk about is, um, is like, what do we, how do we define success? Like, as a church, you know, why are we here? Why do we exist? And how do we kind of check to see if we're being successful in our calling of what we're here to do? Another thing we've been doing, so that's one question, we, you know, how do we define success? Another thing we've been doing is talking with a lot of you guys um, about Alamo Stone and our direction. And one of the things we've heard a, a few times is like, well, what's the vision for Alamo Stone? Like, what, it, what is our vision as a church? So, <clears throat> we don't have all the details worked out, but we do have a pretty solid foundation um, to kind of build upon. And so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about that foundation that we're hoping to build upon. And we, like I said, we don't have all the details worked out, but we have some pretty awesome things to look forward to and a few details we can share as a, as a body of Christ. And then at the very end, we're going to have some time for questions and answers and just talk as, as brothers and sisters in the Lord and try to answer questions and stuff like that. Does that sound okay? All right. So how do we define success? This is an interesting thing, very interesting question, because different to people, different people define this success quite differently. And it's really interesting. When you talk to people and you mention that you're part of a church, what is one of the first things people ask you? How big is it? They do. That is like one of the first things that we tend to jump to is like how many people are there? Another thing people like to ask about is 
what ministries does that church have? How many ministries do you guys have? Right? Another question might be is how many staff? How many staff? You know, so these are all like numbers related, kind of very numbers focused things. Or another one, sometimes you might hear people say, well, how is the worship? And what they're really talking about is, is quite often it's like, how does the worship kind of make us feel as people, you know? Or how does the message make you feel? So some, sometimes we kind of default to these number answers or sometimes these kind of feelings-based answers. Um, another thing you, you hear people talk about is, oh, well, where does your church meet? You know, like, how, what does the building look like? You know, facilities, kind of. While these questions are interesting and they can help paint a picture of, of different things, um, quite often they're very superficial or surface-based. And sometimes they can even kind of confuse us and distract us, perhaps, from what God is calling us to do. Um, what has Christ called us to do? So this is what we should build everything on as a church. Our vision, our vision, our mission, the ministries that we, we spend our time with, the things that we do in life, is try, we should do what Christ has called us to do. And there's nothing more beautiful in Scripture that summarizes this in a nutshell than the Great Commission. You know, Jesus spent about three years of his life ministering with his disciples. With 12 disciples, he invested three years of his life doing life with his 12 disciples. And these were a pretty rough group of people, right? I don't know if you guys, you know, have kind of spent time learning about the disciples. They were not exactly the people that I would have picked to be my like close, you know, circle. Well, Jesus didn't do things the way people do things. He picked this group of very different people, tax collectors, fishermen, you know, <laughs> carpenter, bill, like just really ragtag group of people. He spent three years pouring his life into these people. And then, as you guys know, Jesus was falsely accused. He was sentenced to death based on false accusations. He goes to the cross, and the people that he had been investing his life in and pouring his heart out to all abandoned him. They left him. They denied him. They ran away, said they don't know him. Pretty rough, right? And then Jesus dies on the cross, and after three days, he's resurrected. He's a, he shows, he reveals himself to his disciples and to Mary and to several other groups, and then he spends some time with his, his close friends, and eventually he, go, he basically is on his way to go back to heaven, to ascend into heaven, and he departs with this, this commission, with what we call the Great Commission. So he basically boils all the time he has spent, all the energy, all the time with the people here on earth, and he, and he just lays it straight. He says, this is what it's all about. And this is a beautiful, it, it's something that we need to remind ourselves of. It says, this is in Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. <coughs> Excuse me, he says, When the eleven disciples went to Galilee, you remember Judas the Iscariot had betrayed Jesus, so he wasn't with them, uh, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given uh, has been given me therefore go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and teaching them to do everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age now there is so much packed into that those few verses um but it's 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 interesting because we could spend we could spend a lot of time focusing on this but there's a few key things that i think jump out when i read this can you did anything jump out to you guys like what are some of the key commands that jesus gave his disciples go so it's an action of going and doing something right and then make which is another action and go and make what disciples disciples so what is what is a disciple what is the definition of disciple a follower yeah a follower any other ways of defining what a disciple is a student yeah follower student one thing i think about is when you look at the way jesus spent time with his disciples he did life with his disciples he spent quality time with them he spent time talking about scripture he spent time teaching them obviously he spent time eating with them he spent time fellowshipping with them he spent time praying with them so so you see a beautiful picture of not just you know telling people something but it's actually a picture i think of of, of a lot more than just spending time teaching somebody but it's actually doing life life on life together and so jesus says go make disciples and then where did he, where did where did he say of where make disciples of of all nations this was a big difference because up until then the jews kind of thought they were the chosen people they they thought that it was all about them but then jesus very clearly says it's not just about you guys here it's all nations jesus opened up the gospel to everybody and then what did he say to do he does say teach but right before that he says baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and what you said ross teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you and surely i am with you always to the very end of the age so here we see this really clear picture of what christ is commanding his disciples to do and if we are followers of Christ, if we claim the word Christian basically means a follower of Christ, then by basic logic, what Christ commanded his disciples to do applies to us today. As followers of Christ, this is what God wants us to do as the body of Christ, as a church. So Christ gives us very clear instructions of what he wants us to do. This is where the Alamo Stone mission statement came from. <laughs> Do you guys remember the mission statement? Who can who can say the Alamo Stone mission statement? 
pretty good. That was that was almost you got it almost perfect. Yeah, to make disciples who glorify God or glorify Christ by pursuing His unique calling on their life. And so that's exactly what our heart. The reason why we exist as a church is to make disciples. Um, so, with the Great Commission in mind, perhaps a better way to think about success as a church is to view, basically is to look at us as a church through the eyes of, are we fulfilling the Great Commission, right? Are we going and making disciples? Are we baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are we teaching people to obey, obey everything Christ has commanded? And if we do that, there's a promise. God said to do all these things, and then he said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So not only do we have a, a, a clear command as to what we are as the body of Christ to do, but it's also followed by a promise that Christ will be with us. It's awesome. So let's see. Um, we can make things as complicated as we want, but I think Christ really simplifies things. He tells us very clearly what to do. Now, here's the interesting. How do we do that? There's a lot of ways we can do that, right? There's a lot of, the how can look very differently. And there's a lot of different churches with different ministries. And at Alamo Stone, we have a few things that we've kind of started doing to try to, to, try to follow, follow the Great Commission. So at Alamo Stone, let's just look at this. Let's talk about the how we do things at Alamo Stone and see if, if we're actually, let's try to evaluate us as a church in light of what God has called us to do through the Great Commission. Going. Do we get out of these walls or out of our homes and tell people through either words or actions, do we tell people about Christ and the gospel? Do we do that as a church? Does Alamo Stone help encourage you and inspire you and motivate you to do that? I hope so. How about neighbors? Like, what are, what, are some, what are we doing this summer to try to encourage you guys to build relationships with neighbors? Awesome. So, yeah, that's one of the things, Rudy, that we've been talking about this summer. We have a few families lined up to basically do a block party. So Alamo Stone is going to provide food or provide funding so you can buy food. And we are trying to encourage everybody to basically... Meet, meet their neighbors, get to know their neighbors, because when you know somebody, it opens doors to share the gospel with people, right? Like people are so much more receptive when you actually show them you care about them, as opposed to just, hey, you know, here's, here's the blah, 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 blah. And I mean, sometimes street preachers will hit some, will talk to somebody and their heart's right and the Holy Spirit opens it. That's awesome. But if you talk to most people, how they've come to receive Christ, it's through relationships. The vast majority of people have come to know Christ through relationships. So Alamo Stone is really excited about this opportunity this summer to encourage our folks to get out and to know their neighbors and meet them, and hopefully, Lord willing, it'll lead to opportunities to share Christ. Do you, Russ, do you have anything you want to say about neighborhoods? Or, or? Okay. Well, if you guys are interested and you would like Alamo Stone to help sponsor you getting to reach your neighborhood, and you don't even have to open your house. What we do at our uh, for our us, we just invite them to our front yard, and it's great because then we don't have to worry about a huge crowd in the house, and there's more room. It's open, and we put picnic tables in the front area and stuff, and it's, it's wonderful. 
So that's one area. Um, what about, uh, are we sharing the gospel with our friends, our coworkers, classmates? Now as a church, I hope we encourage each other to do that, but that's something that we as followers of Christ should just be passionate about naturally, right? Just naturally, when we're in our work environments, hopefully there's something stirring in our hearts to the point where we want to tell people about the gospel, about Christ. Um, another way, so there's direct ways that Alamo Stone does this, but then there's, I, I would say, indirect ways. We also support or have a partnership with Crew at UTSA. And Crew goes and shares the gospel almost weekly on campus with people. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, they have these little surveys, they call them spiritual surveys, where they go and they ask people questions, spiritual questions. And if people reply certain ways, it opens the door to basically share the gospel with people. If they don't, then it kind of, you say, okay, well, it's nice to talk to you, and you, you know, and you kind of move on. Um, but so I hope, you know, it, I get excited when I see different ways that Alamo Stone is encouraging people to meet people and to share the gospel. How about internationally? So we're not supposed to just go locally, but internationally, right? Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but last summer we had about 15, 16 people go to Puerto Rico from our church, which is pretty awesome for a church of our size. That's pretty amazing. We're talking about this coming uh, next summer, possibly sending another team back to Puerto Rico. So y'all be praying about that, thinking about that if you're interested. And it was actually... International mission trips can be kind of expensive, but I think this was probably one of the most affordable international mission trips I've ever heard of, or pseudo-international. I guess Puerto Rico's sort of international. You don't need a passport, but. Um, so anyway, we're trying to do it locally. We're trying to do it internationally as well. Um, what about baptizing and teaching? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put baptizing and teaching together because they kind of go hand in hand. Um, is the body of Christ at almost so healthy and growing closer to the Lord. So are we teaching the gospel? Are we teaching the word of God in a way that helps us to grow? So let's just talk about are singles walking with the Lord? When we have single people, are we encouraging single people at Alamo Stone to walk with God, to desire to, to, to be hungry for him, and to, to desire to live a godly, holy, righteous <laughs> life? How about families? Are husbands at Alamo Stone laying down their life, their life for their wife and their family. Like literally, our husband saying, I know I could be doing sports and this and that. and all. There's a bazillion distractions in this world for husbands. But are the husbands of Alamo Stone choosing to invest their time and their energy into their families, into the, the wives God has given them? I hope so. Because that's a command. You know, Jesus commanded us to love one another. And if he commands us to love one another, that also probably implies our, our spouses, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then later on in the New Testament, you see how Paul commands husbands to lay down their life as Christ did for the church, which is huge. So a way to say, are we being successful as a church is to look at the families of Alamo Is that happening? And another way is our wives, you know, when, when, you, when a wife has a husband who is laying down his life to serve his family, to serve her, the next thing that um, 
that we see in Scripture is, is the wife is also supposed to respond to that and to submit to her husband, to his leadership and his authority that God has put in him. Are wives at Elmo Stone doing that? I hope so. <laughs> as far as I know, and it's a beautiful, godly thing. It's not the leadership that God commands or demands from husbands is a servant leadership, which servant leadership is totally different from what the world sees as macho, muchismo, bullying kind of leadership. That's a totally different thing. And so hopefully, the men are leading in a way that, that their wives love and respond to in a way that is beautiful and how God has called us to live as husbands and wives. I think that's happening. I think it's awesome. Um, how about parents? Are we leading and discipling our kids? Do our kids have, have a healthy walk with the Lord? Are they hungering and thirsting for him? Are they spending time in the word of God being challenged? Do we spend time talking to our kids about scripture? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying just preaching to our kids, but I'm saying like, like talking to them and wrestling with scripture with them and encouraging them to wrestle with scripture. You know, that is a beautiful thing it's so much, it's so easy to just want to turn on a, some entertainment or put kids in front of a screen or there's a bazillion distractions as families. But yet, if we don't take the time to, to just open the word of God as a family, we're missing out on one of the, the most touching and influential times we'll ever have in our kids' lives. So I hope we're doing that. As a church and individuals, how do we spend our time? This is a great way to kind of a self, do self-assessment. How do we spend our time? How do we spend our talents? And how do we spend our treasure? You know, those are, those are really telling about what our priorities are in life. Once a year, Emily and I try to get together and we try to sit down and write out all of the things that we're doing with our time, with our talents and with our treasures. And then we say, does this align with what is important in our lives. Like we, we look at it and we say, we say this is important. If we say spending time in the word of God with our kids is important and we're not spending time in the word of God with our kids, you know, there's a problem there. If we say we want to share the gospel with our neighborhood or with our neighbors, but yet we never spend time just going and meeting our neighbors and trying to encourage them and just trying to get to know them, then there's a, there's a disconnect there. Or if we say we want to see missionaries go to different parts of the world and the gospel here and there and there, but then we don't spend much finances to try to help see that make that happen, there's a disconnect, right? So it's important to sit down and evaluate. Are we doing what we say we, we want to do? And are we being faithful to the Great Commission? There's another scripture in James 1, 27. I love, Kevin, that song that you played earlier. It's such a beautiful picture. There's so many religion. There's there's a lot of religion in this world, guys. People don't need more religion. People need relationship with God. And if that comes through the form of, of a beautiful walk with God, and you call that Christianity, and you call that religion, that's great. But human nature is to get distracted so often and to lose focus on, on the relationship and get more focused on the religion part of it. So that song that Kevin played earlier, I think is a beautiful song of just the simple gospel, you know, just laying it down, 
and focusing on, on what is important. So in James um, 1.27, there's, there's this beautiful scripture. It says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to help one uh, and to help oneself un oh and to keep sorry and to keep oneself unstained from the world so james has this beautiful picture like of, of what pure religion is it's not about all these actions and it's not about all these things that were just busyness in life or saying loud prayers or having big speakers or having big buildings or having like all these things that tend to impress people he says hey are you going are you caring for orphans and widows are you keeping yourself unstained from the world? That's pure religion. So as a church, are we caring for orphans and widows? I love seeing families at Alamo Stone reaching out to fostering kids, reaching out to refugees that, that need help. I love seeing men of Alamo Stone come around and talk about holding each other accountable and saying, guys, we can't allow ourselves to be stained by the temptations of this world. And I think it's a beautiful thing that happens, and this is a good reminder. Um, are, we, are we reaching our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates, friends, families, or are we just playing it safe? Because, guys, it's so easy to just want to play it safe and just kind of fade into the background when we're out of these walls or when we're in our jobs or schools or whatever. But we got to remember, 1 Peter 2.29 gives this beautiful scripture. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. When Peter wrote this, he was, he was admonishing the church because they were forgetting who they were in Christ. They were forgetting <coughs> that they were a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So as we go through this journey together, guys, we need to remember we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his wonderful life. We, as a brothers and sisters, as a body of Christ, as a family, we want to do this together. So looking forward, here's a little bit of the how we're going to do this as a body of Christ. And as I said, we're still working through details, but for the rest of this summer, we have the Alamo Stone sponsored block parties. So if you haven't already gotten a date nailed down and signed up, talk to Ross. Basically, what this looks like is you pick a date, and then a week before the date, you go around your neighborhood and hand out little flyers if you want, super little ones. I'll print them for you. I just got a nice printer at home. I'll print little flyers that say, hey, come hang out with us. Meet your neighbors. This time in, in such and such front yard, if you want to do it this way. This is just my suggestion. You can do it however you want. But then you get your kids, and if you want our kids to come along, we'll bring our kids along. And it's awesome. You just knock on doors and people are like, their eyes light up. They're like, wow, kids? Like, no, I'm not a solicitor. I'm not, I'm not trying to sell something. I'm not trying. Like, it's really funny how people respond sometimes, but our neighbors have gotten used to it. So 
So it's actually kind of nice when they see our family coming over, they get excited. They're like, oh, what's going on? Um, the first couple times we got some different responses at times. <laughs> People just kind of crack the door and look out with a evil look, you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you want? But anyway, so you just do that and then you make some food and, and have a great time with your neighbors. Super simple. We'll help you do that. Um, also, here's another way you can, can share the gospel. This, this play, that, this musical, which we started as just a little funny, silly thing. It's kind of grown into like actually a pretty cool thing. It has a beautiful presentation of the gospel. It's a kid's musical, but the gospel is like front and center throughout the musical. So if you want to get really wild, go and invite your neighbors to come to a kid's musical that you have no clue what it's going to be like <laughs> and see what happens. Um, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, we also have freshman move-in coming up where we're going to get out and we're going to help students move into UTSA and we're going to show them that they are loved and they are cared for. And we're not just going to say it, we're going to do it. We're going to sweat. We're going to carry little mini fridges. Ross, I don't know how many mini fridges you're going to carry this year, but I'm going to be keeping track. I think at the end of the day, Kevin, we're going to have to like tally up the mini fridge count. This is going to be our like man, see who, who's the manliest, Kyle. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we have a great time. So we're going to be doing that. Um, we also, this summer, we have women's study going on. You guys can get plugged in there. We have some men's meetings coming up. And then obviously we have Saturday nights where we're getting into the Word, teaching, encouraging each other, fellowshipping together. Okay, so in the, now we're looking at the fall and the spring. There's something awesome going to take place. We are partnering, as we've mentioned, with the Awana ministry that Communion Chapel has been leading. And guys, <laughs> we had an awesome information meeting this last Thursday. And we have another meeting coming up on August the 7th. So if you guys are interested in learning more about that partnership, put a note on your calendar, August the 7th. We're going to meet here at 630. Uh, it's a Wednesday night. And um, you're going to get to learn more. And we're going to start actually looking at all the different classes. The Wanda ministry last year, guys, it grew tremendously. By the end of the year, the classes were like bursting. They were, it was awesome. And so what's going to happen this year is we have already about six volunteers and we're looking hopefully to get closer to 10, but we already have about six people that are stepping up to help with the Iwana ministry um, from Alamo Stone. So it's super exciting to see God using this. One of the things I love about Iwana, true, you like inviting neighbors to go to Iwana. Yeah, it's really awesome kids have an opportunity to invite other kids to go to a ministry where the gospel is presented and they, the word of God is just, just read right there in front of everybody. And I mean, as a, as a family, like, are we giving our kids the opportunity to share the gospel or to, to be used by God in that way? And Awana is a, is a beautiful way to do that. We actually fill our car on, on Wednesday nights to the point where I'm like, man, how do I get more than eight kids in a car? I don't know. They don't have to buy a bigger car. I don't know. But it's really cool. So Wednesday nights, if you guys want to come, we're going to pack this house on Wednesday nights. We're going to be having still men's and women's ministries um, in the fall and the spring. Another thing that Alamo Stone is, is a ministry that Alamo Stone has that we don't really do much for is the Alamo Area Homeschool Co-op 
which is a beautiful homeschool focused discipleship uh, program or discipleship gathering, I guess you'd say. It's, it, it's homeschooling, but it's, it's totally about like discipling our kids. And there's, Emily met a, a random person in a gym one day and they started talking about homeschooling. And now that family is like plugged into the homeschool co-op and their kids come to Awana and they're like, God is using it to minister to people that were not involved in any church or in any, in any capacity in like a Christian group and they're learning and they're growing. And so Lord willing, God's gonna use that to totally change the whole direction of their family. Um, so anyway, that's, that's another thing. Um, there's also a lot of crew outreaches that are going to be taking place. We'll have some movie nights at the property, some game nights, some other fun activities. So if you guys are looking to help in that ministry, we'd love to know and we have opportunities. Uh, Saturday night fellowship. Guys, I don't know if you know how much goes into just this Saturday night, but it takes probably at least eight people doing things to make this Saturday night happen. So it's a lot of things um, and opportunity to serve there. We're looking at having another re-engage, uh, a re-engage study, um, and also possibly having a family home group this coming fall. So there's a lot of cool things. Next summer, I already mentioned, we're actually starting to talk about mission trips to Puerto Rico. The thought, the, the comment, we actually, I don't know if you guys know this, um, there is a ministry in Uganda called Reach One, Touch One Ministries that Emily and I have known the founder of that ministry for years. And it's, it's a beautiful story. He came to the United States as a student and was living here, and he's Ugandan, him and his wife. And then God called him back to Uganda, which is crazy because he had like permanent, he, had, he, had, he could have stayed in the United States. But God called him to go back to Uganda, which is a totally, you know, you don't see that happen a whole lot, to start a ministry to minister to the elderly there. Because in Uganda, the middle generation like 60% or 70% of the middle generation has died from diseases and mostly related to HIV. And so you have young kids and grandparents and just a whole middle generation has been decimated. And in Uganda, the culture there is when your parents get old, their children care for them. But if the children aren't there, what happens? It's horrible. And so... Kenneth Mugayawinchi went back to Uganda to start a ministry. It's called Reach One Touch One Ministries to basically adopt grandparents to help them have, have the ability to just live, you know? And for a small amount, they give them, they give them a little bit of food and they, they encourage them. And then what, what happens is the grandparents, guess who the grandparents are taking care of? The grandkids. Because the grandkids don't have parents to take care of them. And so in Uganda, this is a beautiful ministry, and there might be an opportunity next year. We've been invited actually multiple years to go, but the more I, I hear about it, the more I'm like, man, maybe we should try to send a team to Uganda to do this. Is there anybody here that would be interested in going to Uganda to help minister with, with grandparents and grandchildren? I mean, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Like, totally, we, we can do that. So something to pray about, consider. Lots of great opportunities. How and where is God calling you to serve? I think the, the vision for Alamo Stone 
we want to make disciples, glorify God by pursuing his unique calling on, on our lives. Um, but to do that, you know, it takes, it takes a team, right? It takes a family. And so the beautiful thing about Alamo Stone is I think, I think we are an awesome family. I see our kids growing in their walk with God. I see husbands loving wives. I see wives loving husbands. I see just beautiful things taking place in this body of Christ right here. And I could go on and on and on about how excited I get when I'm away from Alamo Stone and people ask me about Alamo Stone. I, I, I love it. Like I get excited about talking about my brothers and sisters in Christ that are right here that we fellowship together. Because I think we have a very special family, a very special body of Christ. So, like I said, there's a lot of details we're working out, but we have a lot of opportunity coming up. So something I would encourage you guys to be praying about is where can you serve in the body of Christ? If you're not already serving, or if you are already serving and, and you want to, you're feeling called to serve in a different capacity or a different way, talk with Kyle, talk with Dave, talk with myself. Because over the next few weeks, we got to actually, to make all these things happen, we got to like start putting in, you know, names and like responsibilities and, you know, who's doing what, when, where, how, and all that kind of stuff. So we got a lot of awesome opportunities. Um, and we can do it together. And I'm excited about what God's going to call us to do. Thank mm-hmm. you.